Thanks for tuning in to the Empire Boxing Podcast. A huge thank you to our partners at Sting Boxing. It doesn't matter if you're into boxing for fitness, as an amateur, or as a pro, Sting has something for you. Head to their website, stingsports.ca, and use the code EMPIRE10 at the checkout to receive 10% off. An Empire Boxing and Unlearning Network production. Welcome back to the Empire Boxing Podcast. And I have a very special guest coming from the United States of America, uh, Mr. Jason Strout. And uh, I, I, we were ta- talking a little bit in the pre-show and I was saying that what hit me like, oh my God, this is a guy I need to reach out to and get on the podcast and talk to was watching the UFC Embedded. Um, yeah, and it was, it was Gilbert Burns. Uh, was It was a little training segment on him, but it was for the last card where Suhudo and Sterling headlined that. And so I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw you and I thought, oh man, I got to reach out because this is a guy I would love to chat with and get to know. And I think our fans would absolutely love chatting with you. And interesting, I um, I know that you are also, you, you were or are still one of the co-owners and head coach at Church Street Boxing in New York City, correct? Uh, I, yeah, I, I used to be one of the head owners and one of the co-owners of church. Street, okay. But yeah, now I've Move, no moved on from that in that position, but I, yeah, I moved on, moved on down in Florida now, uh, working with uh kill cliff fight club, uh, training a lot of amazing fighters down in South Florida. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, good change. You know, I do miss New York. I, I, I still, you know, visit occasionally, go up, see the guys at the gym and kind of, you know, don't, don't let them know I'm coming, just kind of show up. And it's yeah, always a little family reunion. You know, it's great. Yeah. That's the best. I actually had, Love New York. I had the well, same. I had the pleasure of actually training at church street uh, a couple of times when I went through New York, probably around like 2016, 2015. And it was one of the, the places I would go to, you know, I was just kind of looking to just hit the bag. Like, yeah. and I, yeah. I would always get hit up for sparring as soon as that, as soon as I was in there getting some work, they're like, bring your mouth guard back next time. Like, Hey, we got headgear, And I'm like, mm-hmm. I ain't wearing spare mouth guard. If it's, if it's not been safe, if it's not fresh, but yeah, there was, everyone yeah, was yeah, yeah. such a good, good culture, good energy. It was such a pleasure to, yeah. to train in a very icon, yeah. iconic space and a very iconic city. It is. It is. And we had a lot of female fighters come out of that gym. A lot of female fighters, I think around that time that were training and, and sparring and fighting there. So it was, it was a good spot for that. Yeah, absolutely. Now you are also a commentator for Absolute Muay Thai, uh, which is on UFC Fight Pass. Is that a current thing you're still doing? Uh, no, that stopped when I guess when COVID happened and kind of you know made the world a little different right. than it is now. Very right? different place. So I was over there. In, I was over in Bangkok doing the commentating for Absolute Muay Thai, and then you know everything kind of shut down. The stadium shut down. The world kind of took a break. So I was like sitting in Bangkok for a little bit trying to figure out what to do next right. and I was like oh, I don't know I was going to try to I was trying to wait it out like everybody else and it just didn't really go <laughs> away so I was like hey you know I think I'm gonna have to fly back to uh the states and just kind of figure things out from there that's kind of what I did I just went back and I had a van and I just drove around the country and slept in that stayed at people's houses and yeah then I ended up in Florida amazing amazing and you're originally from Milwaukee yeah. Wisconsin originally from milwaukee yeah i'm actually going back there sunday uh my mom organized some like family reunions so i'm kind of excited for that so after the fights after the fights here in vegas i'm gonna get on an early flight head back there and then i gotta go back to florida and then I'm heading back out to Vegas in like a week later. So like it's all over the place. Super busy. Yeah. I had the pleasure of going to Milwaukee for the first time. I think it was last year. Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine owns a, it's a relatively new gym. I think it's maybe two years old. A dropout fight club. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and they're kind of more in the, in the fitness space, but really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Salt of the earth, you know, they're, and they're innovating. Um, and I had the pleasure of, of going out and checking out their space. They brought me out. We, we met, we met on Instagram became buddies and nice. they were like, come out to Milwaukee, come see what we're doing. 
And uh, yeah, just amazing hosts. Uh, so shout out to them at Dropout uh, Fight Club. And, and I thought... I'm going to have to... Oh, oh. lost you. I'm back, back. I don't Perfect. Know yeah, and I, I thought... <laughs> back. Yep. I thought Milwaukee was such a cool city. It totally exceeded my expectations. I, it was a very, very cool place. Really historical. Yeah. It, it, like everybody that visits there says the same thing. They're like, wow, this place is not really what I expected. And uh, yeah, they love it. Everybody kind of falls in love with it. It's like... I don't know if it's a, it's not really a big city, but it's got like a small town kind of feel yeah. and it's got, it's got everything. It's got good food. It's got good people. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a good place, but it's nice to visit. You know, it's nice to go back and visit every once in a yeah. while. But little yeah, bit people, di- everybody that seems to go, seems to fall in love with the place. A little bit different of a climate than Florida in yeah. the winter, I would imagine. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sick of the winters. Yeah. I don't think I could ever do another winter. Yeah, ever yeah. Just, just over it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I feel, I feel like, I feel like they get like, you know, that part of the that part of the country, you get like two good months of good weather and the rest is just like, you're waiting for it to be summer, you know, and then it's here and then it's over and it's like cold forever, you know, yeah. it's like terrible. My dad always calls me. He's like, hey, it's snowing again. I'm like, man, it's still like April yeah. and May. Like, when is that going to be over? Yeah. You know? Oh, that's like so similar to where I was born too. So yeah, not my thing. Oh, yeah. Not my thing. Um, let, okay. So let's bring it back to your sort of superhero origin sure. story. It's, you know, tell us the very beginning of how you cut your teeth in combat sport. Um... I don't know how far back we want to go. I guess it kind of starts with just, I like fighting and I had a friend that did Muay Thai at a gym in Milwaukee. I actually trained with at the Duke Rufus gym way back when, like late nineties. And I was like, you know, I want to check this out. And, uh, I got tickets for a fight, went to the fight, fell in love with it. And like a week later I showed up at the gym and I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to do this. I want to fight. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody says they want to fight. And I was like, no, I, I want to do this. And then six months later I had a fight and had a bunch of fights and then I started training a couple people and then I kind of just moved into that world right. where I just didn't fight anymore. I just started training guys. And I always thought like, I'm going to, even now, like I'll sit outside a cage and look in and be like, man, I could probably yeah. do this again. Yeah. But I'm like so far removed from it. And then you get, then I jump into sparring, get hit a couple of times. Like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> but yeah. It's uh, yeah. I just, I just, I just, I don't know. It just kind of like made sense to me. I walked into the gym and it was like something I really liked and it just, I felt, felt good doing it. And it's the only thing I could stay focused on, for this long, like most mm. things I get into and it's just over, you know, mm. like I'm into it for a little bit and then I'm done with it. And it's like this, that's kind of stuck. And the great thing about it is I'm always learning. Like even as a trainer or a coach, I'm like constantly learning. I'm learning from other coaches. I'm learning from fights and watching fights. I'm learning from fighters and just being around it and being around all these top guys. Now I just, every day I just keep getting like new ideas mm. and a new perspective of the sport and a new love and a new, yeah, I just keep falling in love with it. You know, sometimes I get a little burnt out and then you kind of step away for a minute and think about it. And then it's like, just sucks you back in. Like yeah. even when I went to Thailand for that little bit, I wasn't training anybody. Uh, I did a little training on my own and, and, and I kind of missed working with fighters and working with, you know, coaching people. Then I got back to New York and I taught a class here or there. And then I started working again with fighters. And then I was like, all right, I do miss this. I do love it. You know? Yeah. And you skimmed over, uh, had some fights. So I'm going to pump your tires if I may. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and you, you can kind of tell me the timeline of these sort of things, but you, you know, you won the Wisconsin state boxing tournament. I want to talk about that because yeah. I do want your, yeah. your perspective on, you know, Muay Thai kickboxing versus boxing, which drew you into, you know, sure. wh- which, which sport you would enjoyed and why. So I want to, I want to dive into that a little bit, but you also have an uh, ISKA junior middleweight title an IKF junior middleweight title and the IKF regional yeah. Muay Thai champion. So had a few fights as a bit of an understatement. You kind of ran the town for yeah, a little a while. Yeah. You had a, yeah, you had a, yeah, you had mean, a hard I had run. A, I, had a, I had a, but it was a short career, you know, like all, all these guys I work with, they have so many more fights than me. And I have this, you know, I was in it for a little bit and I had a lot of fights in a short period of time. And then it, and then it was just over. Um, but as far as the box, like I always kind of wanted to box, you know, my uncle's boxed. Um, 
love boxing, watch boxing all the time. So I kind of thought I was going to do that. But then uh, it looked like I was in the hardcore scene, punk rock scene. For some reason at the time, like in the hardcore scene, kickboxing was big. And that kind of introduced me to kickboxing and what Muay Thai was. And hey, wait a second. Guy, uh, Paul. So you're yeah. in the hardcore punk rocker <laughs> scene. And that's how you got into yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And tie tie that was, tie that up in a bow like for me. 90s. I'm trying to understand how those two things even. So, yeah, I don't know. For some, I don't know. For some <laughs> reason, like in the late the late 90s, like early 2000s, I felt like a lot of the hardcore kids weren't like the, like the way they danced. So like they got into like yeah the mosh kickboxing. And for some reason, okay. yeah, yeah, and like they danced and kicked, and it was like some of the guys were into kickboxing. I think that's what kind of introduced it to me. And then uh, there was a kid from from Milwaukee, uh, Paul Gazzo, who who passed away who also, you know, used to kickbox and, and I, I knew him and that kind of like got me intrigued. And I was like, man, me and this guy, Todd, we were in a band with, we're like, we're gonna, we gotta go to the gym and start training. We gotta start training. And, and because of him, it like got me interested in the sport. And yeah, for some reason, that's how I ended up kind of, I just thought I was going to box. Like there used to be this neighborhood, uh, we hang out and uh, they had boxing gloves and I just box everybody. I'm like, well, maybe I should try to do this in the ring. And mm. like I said, then I got introduced to kickboxing or Muay Thai. And then I went to the gym there and just kind of fell in love with that and right. fell in love with the whole Thai culture and it just kind of opened my mind and you know broadened my horizons and, and introduced me to this whole world I never knew existed right. you know it was just one little thing led to another thing it was pretty pretty unreal how it happened you know right. it's, so but as far as the boxing and the boy Thai like like I loved them both and I thought like I was just gonna box like everybody boxed there was boxing gyms in the neighborhood we had a couple fighters out of Milwaukee it's kind of a fight town but we didn't have really a lot of champions that came out of mm-hmm. there but everybody loved boxing everybody loved fighting and uh yeah then i got introduced to the muay thai because because of duke like i just happened to have like one of the best trainers in the country if not the world yeah uh technical trainers living in the same town where i was born in so i got lucky going to that gym just getting a good foundation and a good base right off the bat with him yeah yeah and and rufus sport is a a, a very iconic you know gym out of that area and i mean he oh yeah duke Duke retired with like a ridiculous record or something like 35 8 and 1 and then a pro boxing uh, record of like 2 and 0 or something yeah yeah so yeah uh, yeah he had a couple pro boxing fights yeah he did it all so tell us a little bit about what it was like to to train under a guy like that uh it was intense you know i guess it was it was very intense but but very technical and he and he always expected the best out of you you know he never really settled for less he knew how to get he knew how to really make you dig deep. You know, he kind of break you down and build you back up mm. and, and really kind of build, like, it, it, I guess it builds character. It builds like a certain kind of toughness you need in this sport. I think that's why I had so many fights and I, I did so well early on. Like even our team was very successful early on. Like we go to these tournaments and we most of the time win all the fights. Um, yeah. We just had a strong team that everybody training with each other just kept building off each other. You know, they were good. So you'd make each other better, you know, and I kind of feel like that's the environment I'm back in now at Killcliffe down in Florida where all these good, good athletes that just keep pushing each other, get each other better. And, and that's where I started. And I feel like I've kind of come back to that. And it's that same kind of energy in the room, which is, which is awesome. Mm. Like it just propelled me, you know, like that first year, I think I had like 10, 11, 12 fights and I just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And I was able to do that because of what I had around me. And I just had like, I mean, Duke was a great teacher. He mm. just, he just taught great fundamentals and just was on you about technique all the time and i think that's what helped develop me as a, as a trainer as well just knowing what's important and how to get the best out of someone and just how to explain to them you know technically what what they can do better to get them to be their best you know yeah absolutely i just got just got lucky you know i just just got lucky yeah <laughs> i feel like it's like every day i wake up I'm like man i just got lucky like 
look where I am. I'm like, you know, I got get to go to fights tomorrow, sit outside of a cage and watch yeah. these amazing athletes, you know, beat someone up. It's, it's, it's just unreal. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay. So, and, and you, you trained in Milwaukee for a while, you had your <laughs> fights and then you went and yeah. you got, so tell yeah. us about how this announcing kind of gig happened with, um, absolute Muay Thai. So, what so took you over I guess, there? Like, so like it all kind of like, kind of, it's all intertwined, I guess. Yeah. So, I started with the Muay Thai and then I like, I did an exhibition with somebody. I think we were in Illinois. I mean, this guy, we, you know, we used to fight each other when fights would fall out. We just kind of show up and just fight each other. And I hurt my knees. And then Duke was like, Hey, you want to try boxing? And then I started having more boxing fights and less Muay Thai fights. And then I was having a, like a lot of both fights or whatever. And then I ended up going to New York. I don't know what actually that has to do with anything, but then I had to go to New York to go visit New York. I had friends out there. Uh, my little sister was going to move out there. I had a friend that was going to move out there. And uh, he's like, hey, go check out Church Street when you're out there. My friend, my friend Justin Blair, mm-hmm. he owns this great gym in New York. I was like, all right, cool. So go to New York, visit this guy. Um, so there was a Muay Thai class. I'm like, hey, Justin, uh, Duke sent me. You mind if I take the class tonight? Took the class. Uh, Chris Romulo was teaching it. Um, we sparred at the end, I guess. And he seems to think that I got the best or better of him. I don't know. I thought it was I mean, hey, you even. know what? If the fans are curious, it is on YouTube. You can go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> So we had, we, we, you know, we moved around and then, you know, I ended up going back to Milwaukee and then I had like a fight and I didn't know what I was going to do. I kind of was to kind of take a time off. Um, I didn't know if I was going to stick around Milwaukee and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go check out New York for a while. Um, the girl I was dating moved out there, moved out with some friends that lived out there. So I was like, I got an opportunity to go check out something new. Uh, why not? You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's see what's out there. So I yeah, packed up the car, drove across the country and then, uh, went to the gym again said, Hey, Justin, you know, if, um, if you have anything open, you know, I could teach classes or whatever. And, and then Chris was there and Chris saw me. And then he asked me if I could help train him for an upcoming fight at a national tournament. I trained him and this other guy, Carlos Savalas. Uh, we went to the nationals. They both won. And then I became like Chris's trainer from then on out. And he's like, hey, a job opened up at Church Street where you could teach Muay Thai classes. I was like, all right. So I started teaching classes there, teaching more classes. Chris eventually left. So I was teaching all the classes. I was teaching boxing classes. Uh, ended up becoming a partner with Justin Blair. Mm-hmm. Um, became really good friends, still really good friends with him. And then, you know, throughout the years, we just stayed close. I owned the gym. Somebody else bought us out, still stayed close. And meanwhile, Justin was over in Asia uh, buying content. And he had this idea to buy content, uh, the Muay Thai content, and air it in the States on some sort of media platform. And it happened to be uh, UFC Fight Pass. And he goes, calls me up. He's like, hey, man, you want to come over to Thailand and commentate for these Muay Thai fights on Fight Pass? I was like, all right, you know, let me think about it. And I said, you know, there was a, there was kind of a time where there was a, a lull of people I was training and kind of things were just kind of like up in the air what I was going to do. I didn't really own the gym anymore. So it was like the perfect time to go, let's go check it out. Um, uh, so yeah, so I was like, all right, let's go, let's go check it out. And I kind of had a little motivation from uh, my friend Eliana and she's like, you know, you should go check it out. You should definitely go over there. Um, I think it's a great opportunity. And I was like, all right, great. Let's, let's go. And so I went over there for a couple. I'll, I'll try it for a couple months. I'll go to try it out for a couple months. And I did some commentating on his shows, Friday Night Fights, in, in, in New York City, a couple times. And I just thought you just show up when you commentate and just talk about what's talk happening. Shit I didn't about, realize yeah. there was a color. Well, I didn't think there was a color. I didn't know the difference between a color commentator and play by play. I just thought you just talk about what's happening until I actually did a little research on it. I was like, oh, there's two roles you play. So now I got to kind of learn what I'm doing because it's kind of serious now. Mm. When I'm going over to a, another country, and it's like that's gonna be my job now. So I did a little research of what it was and. Yeah, we, we showed up, um, worked out of Raj Domnern Stadium, Lumpini Stadium, and then one other stadium. So it was like sitting ringside in these, you know, 
world-renowned stadiums and I get to commentate the best fights in the world. You know, it's like, it was unreal. It oh, was cool. something, it, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was just surreal. It just didn't seem real. And I'm living in a foreign country and it's like, you know, I'm driving in the back of a cab and then we eventually go to Cambodia, Myanmar, and me and Justin, this guy I met because of the gym I started to train at in Milwaukee. We're just sitting back like, how, how do we how get, do we here? get like, here? Yeah, It's just crazy. How, how does what, you know, like if I wouldn't have decided to go into that gym and, and say, I want to yeah. do this, like, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Like, who knows what I'd be doing? Who knows where I'd be? It's, it's just every day I wake up, I'm just like, yo, how'd this happen? This is crazy. I'm just, I just feel so lucky. And like, mm. I don't know, like some days it's, it feels like things suck, but then you're like, you know what? It's not that bad. You know, mm. like it always seems to work out. And, and, but yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. I got to live in Bangkok for like a year. Cause then I came back for a little bit mm. and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it for full time. Got my stuff together. Um, and I started to, you know, pack up the apartment and we decided to, uh, Eliana was going to stick around for a while. Then I was going to go to Asia. Then she was going to come visit me later on. And so that's what we did. So I went over there, got a place. Uh, we worked like three days a week. And then, yeah, she came over. And then from there, it was just like, oh. you just figured out whatever happened. Happened. Now I'm back in, back in the States. And she's traveling the world surfing. So, yeah, it's crazy. So cool. And then, and then COVID hit. And events just stopped. And then yeah, you came just, back to Florida. It, it and how did, kinda... yeah, like, how did you find Kill Cliff? Well, well yeah. So, so. You know, I was doing the commentating and, you know, we did our last show at Lumpini. Things were kind of slowing down. Our last show, they were like, oh, we just won't have anybody in the stadium. No, so that was like a, a weird thing to experience. So there was no fans because mm. like that's a big part of Muay Thai over there. It's like the fans, the betting. Yes. They really get the fighters, you know, kind of riled up and get them going. And the, and the fighters kind of bet. I mean, the, the fighters kind of play to the crowd. So they kind of fight to the style of the crowd. If guys are betting more, they'll slow it down. They'll pick it up. So now there's no fans. So these guys just went out there and fought. The, the fights were actually kind of really exciting because they had no influence. They just went out there and just went at it. Right. So it was a whole different experience. And it was just quiet in there. And then everything shut down. They're like, all right, no more fights, no more anything. So I was stuck in my apartment, um, just kind of like trying to figure out, you know, like I said, what was, what am I going to do? Just keep waiting this out and hoping the world opens back up. And they just kind of go back to what we were doing and see so wait, you know, a day would go by and then a week. And I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. So I made the phone call to Justin. I was like, Hey, Justin, um, I think it's time for me to fly back to the, to the States and just kind of figure it out. So I flew back to Chicago. I went and stayed with my mom in Milwaukee for a little bit. Um, I had a van, this big 16 passenger van. I would use to transport my dirt bikes to races in New Jersey. So I built a little bed in it. I was mm -hmm. like, well, I'll just kind of drive around the country in this. So I drive back to New York. I stay at a friend's house in New Jersey. And then sometimes I just sleep in the, in the van in Tribeca. And I was starting to teach classes again. Like uh, the owner of the gym was like, hey, do you want to start teaching classes? We're, we're teaching classes outside now. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll give it a try. Why not? You know, kind of, and it kind of got me back into things again. I was like, man, I do like this kind of, this, this teaching. It's, it's kind of, and then another guy invited me to go work with him at a fight in Pennsylvania. So I was like, all right, I'll go do that. And I was like, kind of got me back in the groove and get me falling back in love with it again. And I was like, all right. And, but then I started getting cold, you know, mm. in New York, in the winter is not much fun. Mm. You know, I'd sleep in my van. It would be cold. But the nice thing was, is hotels were cheap. So like, if it got too cold, I'd go stay at like a five-star hotel for nothing. Cause the COVID <laughs> yeah. was, it was kind of cool. But then I was like, man, oh, I'm just teaching classes to pay for you know, you spending the money, just sleeping in hotels, a hotel. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know, I got to figure Yeah, I got to figure something out. And like the holidays were coming and, and with the COVID, like the house I'd stay at, they're like, well, we don't really watch you around because you're in the city. And if you're sick and you bring it, we can't see our family. I'm like, all right, cool. I got it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get back in the van, drive back to the Midwest and hang out with my family for the holidays. So I did that, drove back. And then Jared Gordon, who I've been working with since 2013, called me up. He he eventually ended up in Florida at uh, Kill Cliff. He trained with Henry Hoof before. So he's like, I want to, he went back down there. And uh, he's like, hey, I got a fight coming up. I'd like it if you'd you know, come work with me again. I'm like, 
all right, you know, I'll give it a try. Why not? I'll, I'll think about it. So like right after New Year's, I got in the van, took a couple days, drove down to Florida and I haven't left. You know, mm-hmm. like Henry called me up a couple of times, said, hey, we got a great thing going on down here. You want to come check it out? So I was like, you know, why not? What else? Let's, let's see what happens. And it's like going on two and a half years now. Still in Florida, so amazing. And I've never been there before. I've never been to Florida yeah. before. Like people, everybody visits it. Everybody goes there, and it's like I was supposed to go there a few times. It just never happened. And yeah, now I'm like Florida man. You know, like wicked living at the beach, living at alligators. Yeah, driving my dirt bike on the street. You know, like whatever people in Florida do. You know, yeah, wicked. And it was okay. Parking the dirt bike thing. So, did you race bikes as well? So I didn't really. I never grew. I grew up riding BMX bikes because I could never afford dirt bikes. You know, I always liked them and thought they were the coolest things in the world, but I just could never afford them. So. My friend Dan, who lives in New Jersey, uh, is really into dirt bikes. And we go over there and visit a lot of times to hang out with him and his wife. And he's like, hey, man, I got this little XR100. He goes, you want to you know, ride it around? I was like, yeah, why not, man? He's like, you ever rode one before? I was like, nah, but I can figure it out. And he's like, all right, you got to show me, you know, one down, four up, mm. here's the clutch. So I'm just riding around his yard. And I'm like, hey, man, can I go out in that field? And he's like, yeah. So I went out in the field and I started like building a track. And I didn't really even know how to stop correctly. So I just keep going and going and going. And I built this really cool mini track and it's like in the backwoods. So then, like, I kind of, like, got obsessed about it. So I was, like, every day, like, if I didn't have anything going out, I'd drive, like, 45 minutes from Jersey City out to his house, get on this dirt bike, and, like, keep riding in laps and laps and laps. And then I was, like, oh, I need something bigger and better. So then I bought another bike. I bought, like, a DRZ 400, so on off-road bike. And I was, like, well, it's just not enough. And then we went out, like, into the woods riding around. I was on this, like, TTR 125, so the four-stroke. And he had a 250 four-stroke, and my other buddy had a 300 two-stroke. And he's like, hey, take these out and see how you like them. So I took out the 250. I was like, oh, this is fun, man. This is this thing rips, you know? Then I got on the 300. It scared the shit out of me. And I was like, I got to have that thing. So then like a couple of weeks later, I went up to the shop, bought a brand new Husqvarna TE300. And I was like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to ride this monster, you know? And then they talked me into going to a race. And I was like, a hair scramble race. So it's like you race in the woods for uh, a period of time, like you're like an hour and a half, mm. whatever. And you see how many laps you could do. I remember the first time being out there being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I should be out here. People were like hitting me. I was falling off the bike. I'd like stop and i'd be yelling at myself in my helmet i'd be like i should what am i doing out yeah. here like this is stupid i did that first race i got i got back and i was just so frustrated but i was like you know what I, i'm gonna i'm gonna get good at this and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna you know conquer this this and not feel stupid anymore so i just rode and rode and rode and i just practiced all the time and then like a year or two later i did every single race that season and i ended up winning the series i mean it, it was like very beginner level but i was like you know I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna beat this thing and i did it i went to every single race like some days I had to drive four hours one way just to get to the race, race, come back. And it's like, I did it, you know, mm. and I ended up taking first place. I got a little trophy for it. And yes. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of proud of yes. this, you know, like went from not knowing how to ride to figuring it all out. And yeah. then, yeah, winning a, winning a series and then moving up to B class and I raced a little bit and then I ended up going to Thailand. So I haven't done much racing. I thought oh, there'd okay. be more riding in Florida, but, but all, everything in Florida is like uh motocross track right. and, and, and I got to get a different bike for that. And there's not a lot of woods. And if there is woods, right, it's like three hours away. And plus I'm busy. I'm never home. Yeah. I'm always like on the road in some random hotel or house. Yeah. On the road. Yeah. Now. So this, so yeah, that's that. Yeah. So there's yeah. like a, a huge, like, I don't know, under undertone of perseverance and just like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to do this. And is that something that you think like really helped you through your fight career as well? And do you just, do you have that or did you, did you find it through combat sports? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I think that much about things. I mean, I, I must think about things, but I just kind of like, I just kind of like, you know, like I, I, I guess I just get obsessed about things. Like, I don't know if I'm going to do this fighting thing. I guess I'm going to be the best at it. Right. And yeah. just give it all I got and, and just see what happens. You know, like I'd be at the gym twice a day when I would train. Like, and if I would, I moved furniture at the time. So if like the job went late, I felt like I couldn't get to the gym. I'd start panicking. I'd find a phone and call and be like, Hey, I can't make it today. They'd be like, hey, it's all right. It's all right. But it was like, to me, it was like, 
I'm missing out on something, something that I'm going to get better at. And I'm like, if I'm not there every single day, how am I going to improve? How am I going to get better? And everybody else is improving around me. Mm. And I'm not going to be able to get better. And I feel like I was like losing something. So there was always that, I guess there was that drive to just go, 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 go. And just, you know, more, 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 you know, like I just wanted everything all at once. Mm. And it's like, I couldn't get enough. Even today it's like, I can't get enough of this shit. Like I watch fights all the time. And it's like, I try to take a break, be like, all right, I need to kind of like chill out and think about something else. But it's like, it's always in there. It's just constantly. And, and I want to get better and not so much, uh, but more as a, as a trainer now. So if mm-hmm. I keep improving myself, I can improve my skills. I can help the skills of the fighters that I'm training get yeah. better. Right. So it's just, and never like today I was like sitting on the house and like getting kind of like antsy and like, oh, I'm gonna go to the gym and went and hit the bag a little bit and just trying to work on new things and just trying to improve myself. And also just to kind of like encourage the guys like, Hey, they see this dude doing it. Like mm-hmm. maybe I should be doing it too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to try, like even when we go running, I'm like, I'm trying to outrun everybody. I'm trying to outwork everybody in the gym, even now, just because that's how I came up. Like we'd be in the gym, we'd be hitting the bag and everybody would be trying to push each other. Like I'd hear that guy hitting the bag harder. I'm like, man, I want to, I want to, I got to hit it harder. I got to, I got to outdo him and he's got to outdo this guy. And it's like, you just build that intensity and energy and it just, yeah, I guess that's what it is. And I guess that's what it was with the, with the dirt bike riding too. I was like, I want to be better to, I mean, I just want to get better for myself, but also better than that guy. Mm. I don't know. I just keep pushing, you know, I just keep yeah. pushing yourself and I don't know, just, I don't know. Maybe I have, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, for one, I just can't sit still. I'm like I love it. 6,000 miles per hour all the time. You know, it's like, yeah, go, 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 it's, go, it's go. like, an, it's, it's, it's like an insatiable appetite to just be and to do everything that, yeah. that, that is required to be, you know, yeah. the best, yeah. which is, it's like, there's more to that statement than just like being the best. It, it's truly like, you can extrapolate that out as, you know, accomplished and educated and, yeah. you know, having sound skills and all of that takes a lot of time. Yeah. That's, it takes a lot of time. So you have to have that dedication and discipline because it, it takes a lot of time to be good at something, especially good enough to be able to say like, I can confidently teach someone something because I've put in the fucking yeah. time to understand it. Right now yeah. let's talk about like the nuances a little bit um, between. So you start, you kind of came up in a boxing family but then you just really yeah. found yourself sort of in Muay Thai. Like what were the nuances or was it the culture that really drew you in and attracted you the most? I, I, I don't even know if it was the culture so much. It's just the, I guess the violence of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I grew up and you see the movie blood sport and kickbox. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I don't know that kind of like, I like that. Like you go in the yard and try to pretend like you're kicking each other. And it's like, that just like, it just seemed cool to kick people. I don't know. It just seemed, <laughs> I mean, I mean, boxing was one thing. It's fun to punch someone, but it just seems so much cooler to kick. You it's know? so like, interesting. Just you, f- you feel like a ninja or yeah. something. Like you feel like you got some special skills if you can kick. And then, yeah, I guess that's what really drew me to it. Like that, I remember walking into the to the fights in Milwaukee, and uh, Kong Napao was fighting a, a fighter from Thailand. And I remember walking in, and the guy's jumping in the air and elbowing the guy in the top of the head. And I was like, "Man, this looks like something I want to do." You know, it just yeah, something about something about it. It was just like. It was like this beautiful violence, you know, it was like this coordination and this technique. And it's just like, how can, and I'll never forget like the smell in there the, of, the, of the Thai liniment. And just, it was just something about it. It was like, I, I need that. Like I have to have that in my life, you know, like something, it was just something special about it. Like something I've never seen before. And I was like, wow, I gotta, I want to chase this and yeah. just, just do this and see if, see if I can look like that someday you know it was just exotic too right I mean, oh for sure like and and every movie they should always show the tie like the tie fighter was always just like exotic guy with these elbows and these cool knees and it was like man that's that's some that's some cool shit i want to do that yeah. you know 
it's, and then it, and then and you kind of learn about it and dive into it and and then see where it comes mm. from and then see different ways of people doing it. The French do it and and the Dutch do it and and you know, English fighters and everybody's got their own style and and and, and fighters from Africa uh, like uh, Danny Bill and it's just like all these all these yeah it's just it's just something and and it's and it's such a small thing right it's a small country that 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 produces these great champions and and, and people that get into Muay Thai, just fall in love with mm. it. You know, they like fall in love with the whole, and, and, and that's the thing too. It's like, I did enjoy the culture and I never knew what Thai food was before I, you know, learned about Thai boxing. So it just, you know, just opened everything up. I'm just some dude from, you know, the Midwest and drink Mountain Dew and did construction. <laughs> and now I'm like, got this whole new, you know, yeah. world I'm opened up yeah. to. So it's, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just funny how things work. Yeah, it's like, radical. you know, if you kind of step, if you step out of your comfort zone, like, you can be exposed to so much more and, and, and it's, and it's hard for everybody to do it. It's particularly hard for me to do it. Sometimes I need a little persuasion from, from people to be like, you should try to do this. And I'd be stubborn and not want to do it. And I'd fall in love with it. You know, yeah. it's like, that's just kind of how, like, I think I don't want to do it. And then I end up doing it and I yeah, fall in love with it. It's, it's, I don't know. That's just what I do, I guess. I was, uh, I was speaking to yeah. Dejan Kajik uh, the other night uh, on the podcast and he was, and it was interesting because he used the word violence um, and he was describing how he yeah. thinks about each of kind of the martial art disciplines. So say for example, boxing, he described it as perfection. Um, you know, yeah. kickboxing was controlled aggression and then Muay Thai, he described yeah. as controlled violence. Which and then you use that word right away, and I just thought that was really interesting. And he he, he went farther, and yeah, you know, I think he he mentioned jujitsu, and 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 I thought that was a really cool way of putting it. I had never really thought about that before, but you said violence. I was like, yeah, you know, there is an element to it I, that is just real gritty, specifically in Muay Thai. I mean, in the, especially where it comes from, like, and then when you go there and see it and see where the people come from and, and the the way they're brought up, it just makes sense. And then you even go further, like. You go see the fights in Cambodia and they're a little sloppier, a little, like you said, grittier, just like you could just see where people come from and, and, and their style of fighting. Then we went to Myanmar and saw the, the Letway and I'm just like, wow, that, yeah, just they have nothing and they fight like that. I mean, not that they don't have, I hate to say that, but there's not a lot of opportunities there. So, and there's not a lot of skillful training. So they fight like they just, they're hungry. They fight like they really want it. And it's so brutal and, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's like nothing. That's like nothing. Like Muay Thai, when I first saw it in Thailand, was like, wow. And then you go to these other countries and it's like a little bit poorer countries. And you're just like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is like, they're coming from these farms. They travel for days to fight this crazy sport. Where you can get headbutted and knocked out. And if you get knocked out, you get two minutes to wake back up. Like things that are unheard yeah. of, but they do it. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's not, it's just, and it is violent. Like sitting in front row, they're watching those fights. And just like, wow. Yeah, this is. It's pretty violent, pretty violent stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Somehow I love it. <laughs> now you're starting to, yeah. so tell us, in the pre-show, we were talking about your day today. You had a, you had a day you were watching a bunch of weigh-ins. So what's your involvement with some of the US, UFC fighters now? And who are you most looking forward to and working with and being part of their camps? Like kind of dig a little bit into that for us. Um, you know, I don't, I hate that. You know, I don't really look, I don't, not that I don't look forward to them, but I, but I look forward to all of them. Like they're all, unique in their own certain way you know i get to work with all these these amazing people and amazing fighters you know it's mm -hmm. like i get to go with them on these trips and they and they trust me enough to bring them on on the road with them to their fights and you know spend a week with them and, and then you really get this this bond like it's like you you know it's it's, it's such a special bond you yeah. get with these fighters and yeah i guess i look forward to that just kind of being with them and, and 
experiencing the whole thing with them, watching them cut the weight, watching them rehydrate, watching them get ready for the fight, watching that emotional roller coaster they go through. And, you know, then they, 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 they're ready. I wrap their hands. And then we just walk them out to the cage, close the door. And it's just mm-hmm. happening. It's just, mm-hmm. there it is. It's going on. And it's like, you can't describe that. Yeah. And, and I get to do it almost weekly with these, you know, special humans, you know, yeah. there's no other way to say it, that they're just, you know, it's, it takes a special person to get in there and do what they do. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And I get to, you know, I get to be part of it, you know, like, I don't even know if I make that much of a difference. I don't know. Like, I, I'm just, they're so talented. I just, sometimes I just like sitting back and just watching what they do and just learning from them. Well, that, that's, you know, just, and yeah. just happy to be a part of it, you know, like, like just happy to be helping them see it maybe in a different way and just try to make them better at whatever it is they do. You know, it's, it's such a fun role I get to play. Well, that's like an interesting, interesting thing you said too. Cause like for a coach, like maybe you agree or disagree. I think, when you get to the top 5% or less, yeah. you've got a lot of experience on your hands with athletes and you've got a lot of talent, right? They're, they're quite refined yeah. already. So that's like, I think one of the hardest yeah. jobs for our coaches at a really high level is how do you take a, how do you take a guy or a girl who's in the top 5% and get them to the top 1%? Like that's such a precise, like, you know, um, syllabus or they, that you're trying to deliver or such. It, it's, it's the hardest part it, of coaching in my opinion. Oh yeah. It's, it's, you got to kind of, it's like fine tuning an engine, yeah. right? It's got to get, got to make it have that purr and, and, and make it run smooth and just, and, and maybe there's something broken on it. Maybe there's something that's not working quite right, but then you got to kind of work around that and, 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 and still get them to perform yeah. at a way that's going to make them successful and also not get them hurt. Right. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the main thing is just keeping them safe the whole time and having to be successful. Right. Yeah. And just work on their defense, their offense, and just, strategize but don't over strategize because then if they're over strategizing they're just constantly thinking about what they're going to do versus what they can do you know that, right. that was one thing i kind of learned over time and also working with henry is don't focus on so much about and i've seen it before like we 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 have this huge game plan of what we we're going to do when we get in there and then if the other guy doesn't do it you're just kind of waiting the whole time and it's like well we kind of forgot what got them to the dance right how did they get to where they're they are because they're good mm-hmm. let's just keep making them better at what they do and they can look out for certain things but there's a reason they got there. So let's just keep improving that and making it better and making them feel confident in whatever it is that they do mm-hmm. so that they can go out there and perform to the best of their ability and not worrying so much about, cause I've seen the other guys do it too, where they've in the fight and they're kind of waiting for the other guy. Like I've seen this guy perform and, he, and he's good, but now I feel like he's waiting for that guy to do that one thing so he can capitalize yeah. on it. And the guy never does that yeah. one thing. And then all the other guys waited and then, and then the fight's over. And it it's dismant- like, oh, I missed yeah, that. I totally. opportunity, you know? And it dismantles their game plan and you, yeah, they, and they it, lose that processing. It right, right. It does. Yeah. 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 It's like, just go and, and and do what you do and just do it the best. And and I'm gonna be in the corner and and I feel like I feel like that's where I can kind of that's where I do the my job the best because I've been in so many corners. I can kind of mm-hmm. feel like I can see what's going on and kind of decipher it and and kind of crack the code and, and watch the other guy and kind of give good advice and just know how to you know ride that wave that's going on that crazy emotional getting hit and it's, it's all over the place yeah. and i gotta be able to kind of bring them back bring them back to wherever they gotta be to focus and go out there and recharge and, and get back to what they're doing yes. you know and i feel like that's where i i feel like i i feel the most comfortable is once that bell rings and once that like that first 30 second gets out of the way then i'm kind of in my groove you know and i kind of get back i kind of get into where i feel the most comfortable where i feel i can give the best advice or the best that's where I'm, I guess I feel like that's where I'm the best is when the fight's happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, getting them to the dance. And then when it's happening, just seeing and being able to kind of 
break things down just because I've been there so many times now yeah. with so many different people. Like I've seen the opponents. I've seen guys that fight like my guy. I've seen guys that fight like the opponents and, and how certain things. Like I used to watch fights all the time to be like, well, if this guy fights like this, how do you beat that style? You know, and, and, and just kind of always going back and forth. Mm. Like how do you beat this style with that style? So it's kind of a like a generic kind of like game plan that can kind of crack this code and crack that code. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of just kind of give it to them to kind of use that instead of so So it's not too um, technical. It's kind of like a, a general way of beating that style. If you know what yeah, I mean? And then they can just sort of add their own <laughs> fight. Yeah. They can add their own sort of fight IQ yeah, to yeah, that yeah, and yeah. their own intuitions yeah. and, and things like that. Now yeah. I kind of want your opinion on the Cejudo like Sterling fight uh, as an example of potentially yeah. from, from maybe someone who doesn't know as, as well as you, I felt like, you know, Cejudo came into that, you know, really with a strong wrestling presence, as everyone expected. Sure. And I saw him yeah. get into front headlock five times and not go for yeah. a single sub, not go for a single like uh, like back take. And he, he stood up and let him up. And I'm curious, I, like I what you main, thought of the, that. I think the, 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 the main takeaway I took from that fight while watching it was just, I don't want to say ring rust, but just time yeah. off. You know, he's been out, he's been out for a that's while. That's what I assume too. And, just from that last yeah, piece just, of execution, just, right? Just almost second guess, yeah, guessing yeah, himself. It's, it's like, it's like you can be in there too much or you can not be in there enough. Yeah. And, and Sterling has been active. He's been active. Like ever, ever since that, 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 uh, the Peter Jan fight where, you know, they had that little yes, mishap. Yes. I think since then it kind of, he's kind of like, like propelled and, and he's just gotten better and better and just kind of like that experience just made him grow. And I think he's been on a kind of a growing path where, you know, Henry might've still been training, but ring time is so much more valuable than, than anything else. Right. Yes. I mean, he hasn't been in there. He hasn't been experiencing that pressure and, and, and whatever else it is that goes on in that cage and yeah. that ring. So I think that's what it was. Like it was just, it was just time off. And yeah, I think that's about the only thing I can say about it is just time off and just different styles too. Yeah. Right. Like, like Sterling's good. Like he's yeah. tricky. He's crafty. He's loose. He's slippery. He gives you different looks that you maybe have never seen before. And, and or his jujitsu is you know? pretty good too. I think know? that's really what it was. Yeah, It's interesting too. It Cause um, yeah. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. Like there is just such a, a difference between sparring time, training time, and then truly fight time, like being between the ropes or in the cage that it, it's a, it's something that it does to just your sharpness and your acuity and your timing and your confidence of execution. And if you're not, actively fighting and you've have a, a, a large time off i think that that ring rest is is a real thing and that, yeah. there's no amount of just gym sparring yeah. and training that can really no. make up for but, that but gap even, but even even that too right i mean like just if you haven't sparred in a while like coming back in you're yeah, like you're like that things. you don't yeah. see things yeah yeah you, yeah. Yeah, you can't pull the trigger like you used to and yeah. it's like oh and then it takes time for that and then the fight is like times a thousand more right yeah. it's just like faster and, and, and slow motion and quick and this and that and it's yeah. like wow yeah if you haven't experienced that for a while it can kind of catch you off guard plus you gotta think look who sterling's been training with yeah right i mean he's got uh marab that monster like how many times do you shoot on 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 peter in the last fight like he's got that guy to train with so he's seen top wrestling you know so he's been yeah his counter wrestling was yeah, good you could tell ring- he's working on it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got good guys in the gym to work with. So I think that that makes a huge difference, you know? Yeah. So what are the odds that you're coming to uh, Vancouver for UFC 289? Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I wish I was. Uh, Henry and Greg Jones are actually going up there. We were just talking about that uh, today. Okay. Um, yeah, I got to. I know. I wish I wish I was. Man, I, re- I really want to go. That's too bad. And, yeah. And, like, I've landed at that airport once. And, and, <laughs> and it looks beautiful. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone out and. And seen that part of the of the world yet. I've been to a lot of different places, but I have not been to Canada yet. 
it's one place I got to get to. Yeah, well, but yeah, well, I was looking forward to that. Yeah. I thought I was going to go, but yeah, they're standing. If you go to Vancouver, if you go to people. Canada, just so, so skip, skip all the other places. Just go to Vancouver. I mean, you don't really, you don't really need to go to Toronto like you could, the rest but of, just West Coast. The rest of the country, forget it. Yeah, right? it's a bit colder, yeah. you know. So judging on your Florida lifestyle, yeah, yeah. I think you might enjoy the West Coast of Canada a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's let's go back to boxing. Predictions on Lomachenko, sure, sure. Lomachenko Haney. What do you think's going on here? Oh, I wish I was going to go see that. I have, I'm going to try to go see oh, it. I would love night. to. I, know. I have strong opinions, but. Um, I, I think, I mean, Lomachenko's a special guy, right? I mean, he's, but then is, is he also, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word older, but is he, past people starting to kind of crack the code and, and, and figure, yeah, I'm like, a, little a little bit, bit past this. I mean, just to go. Just think of how many amateur fights he's mm. had. Just think of all the experience and, and the time he's had in that. And then he got thrown right in. There was no like mm. building up. It was like, all right, here we go. 12 rounds fighting for a championship. It was just like he was fighting top, top, top guys. And sometimes that can that can wear on you and, and take a little bit away. And we, you've seen his last couple of fights where he's been hit a little bit more than he usually yes. has been hit. But but he's also, he's, he's, he's I hate to use it again, but he's a special guy. Yes. Right? He's, he can do things a lot of guys can't do. And he sees things a lot of guys don't see, you know. And, and, and yeah, I mean, Haney's talented. He is right. I mean, he's a, he's a bigger, stronger, fast. He's kind of got, he's sort a lot of, of that, things yeah. that can give a lot of guys problems. He's sort of that next gen, you know, the Haney and, and Javante yep. and, you know, Errol Spence and these guys are kind of the next gen. And yes. I, and I, I'm a huge, huge Lomachenko fan. Like I, I've loved him forever. I've seen him fight yeah. uh, his, you know, just even that, that whole that whole style of footwork, you know, you see Usek use it. Yeah. Um, it's just brilliant to me. I love watching it, but I, I have this, I have a little feeling that Haney might retire him. I, I just, I don't know. Really? Yeah. Really? I don't think it's going to, I think, I think Haney's going to, I think Haney's going to outperform. I, I really do. Which, cause just, really? be, what, what? just because I think Lomachenko is sort of, I don't know, is he, is he really like at the peak of his career to take on, you know, a guy like that and make it like a, is he really up for it yeah. too? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Jason, Jason, my, he's, I'm sure you have strong opinions. He's like, he's sitting behind the camera. What do you think? Yeah, he thinks so. He's, he's agreeing with me, but you want Loma to win. Okay. I mean, we love Loma. We love Loma. Love him. But I just, I don't know. I, I think what, I think if, the, if he lets Loma kind of get in his groove, it could be a problem, right? He kind of gets going, kind of gets in that rhythm. Yeah. But if he breaks that early and kind of gives him problems early and, and, and we see even with, uh, who was that he fought, man, that, uh, the fast guy from, not Nicaragua. Who? Who Loma kind of or game Haney? Probably kind of take started taking them apart. Uh, no, when Loma fought, uh, who did he fight? The guy that fought in Japan all the time. Um, um it, the CTE and the recall between the two of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, forget what? it. Forget it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I, 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 yeah. One of those fights. I mean, maybe it wasn't even him. There was a guy, sure was. and he was in the square. There was a and guy, was a and, thing, he, and, he and they, they him, punched each he other. He got hit. Yeah. <laughs> lately, honestly, lately, I'm so <laughs> concerned about my recall. I'm like, "Whoa, this is like six year old me is like not gonna be a good look at all." M Mike gave me a code for the door today to get in. He said it three times. Like, I, I just, I couldn't. I kept looking at him. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just can't get those numbers. It just, he's saying it, it just wouldn't make sense in my head. I'm like, oh man, I said, we're going to have to write this down. I just, I couldn't grasp it. I was like, oh man, it's, 
starting to slip already. Oh, man. My, I didn't help. I got kicked in the back of the head yesterday. And, so. and, and my, my, my line is like, I don't make new memories. Like when people try to tell me stuff, I'm like, you either got to write this shit down. It's got to be a Cal invite or yeah. a note. Like, don't tell me yeah. I don't make new memories. Um, okay. So I want to ask you one more, just the most cringy thing on, on the internet and in, in the fight world, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. First off, what do you think about this next gen of sort of, I don't know, influencer uh, boxing. A lot of, are you, the, are you of the camp of it's good for boxing or you are in the camp of get those fans out of here. They're not boxing fans. It's not good for boxing. Which camp are you in? And then what do you think about that fight? I mean, I mean, it gets people talking about, you know, I don't even, I, to tell you the truth, I haven't watched boxing lately just because I feel like it is, it's kind of lost. It's, it's just something about it. The announcers aren't the best anymore. And it's just, Maybe the style of fighting is is a little more like I don't know, just something something about it. Like I, I would I love it. Like I still watch all the fights from like the nineties and the eighties. Mm. Like I love that seventies and it's just a different style and, and it's really gotten kind of away from that. Like like I like Javante Davis, I like that kind of stalking, but but there's so many pauses there. It was like there wasn't a lot of working on the inside anymore. There's not oh, a lot of like you're not, trapping yeah. and moving and setting things up. We're not getting fights you know? like and, and so, Scotty so think, and Ward anymore. No. We're not. No, no, we're not. no. I, and, and you could say those are maybe not the most technical fights, but they True. were very entertaining. And, and they, but and, they and were, they were iconic. Like there were some tech. Yeah. And there were technical moments in there. Mm-hmm. There was, there's like no Bobby Chacones anymore. There's no guys that like kind of dig down and just work, work, work. And then you, and then you get to where this is now. And, and it's great because it's still keeping people interested mm. in the sport. But is it, I mean, and the thing is Jake Paul puts in the work. I'm not saying he, he like really puts in the mm. work. Like he's, he takes it serious, you know, like, and, and he's, people might think he's funny and, 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 and it's a joke, but I mean, he does actually put in the work and he, and he, you don't just kind of get to where he is in the, this world by not working hard. Right. No matter True. what, like the YouTube channel, whatever, that's a lot of work. True. It's not like you just put up a video and like, hope that things work out. Like no, he's it's constantly true. working, 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 work, you know? So it shows in his boxing. He's, he's, he might talk trash. He may sound silly, whatever, but he's putting in the work. And, and I don't know how much Diaz is, is taking it serious. And it's a different game. Mm. Like boxing and MMA is way different than boxing, boxing, you know, like boxing MMA, you can get away with certain things. One, it's a smaller glove. It hits different Two, the timing's different, right? It's a smaller mm-hmm. glove. It's lighter. It's faster. Um, you can come from weird angles because the other guy's not as technically sound maybe as, as you are. But, but if you're just working just on boxing and Jake Paul can crack, right? Mm. I mean, it's an interesting fight, you know, just because of that. But also see Diaz's last fight. He didn't look the most polished, you know. He's kind of all over the place. And I mean, so yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I don't know if Jake gets him out of there, but yeah, it gets people talking. You know what I mean? But it does. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, it, it's I, just. I, I don't know to, if I hate it. I don't know if me, I hate it or if I like it, but <laughs> it's intriguing. Like the like the Mayweather the Mayweather. Uh, McGregor fight. I think like, it dilutes it. I, I honestly do. I think it dilutes boxing, yeah. um, which yeah. which is maybe the nicest way of kind of not making that necessarily a negative or a positive statement. Like, it, yeah. but it just dilutes it, right? Like, do you yeah. get clout as a pro boxer by knocking out Ben Askren? Like he didn't throw a punch. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It, he it looked like he took a dive. Like it, I don't know. Do you get yeah. clout as a boxer or does it dilute boxing? I think it dilutes boxing. Although it has brought boxing to a media, a more of a media forefront, which is yeah. good for I mean, it, other boxers and promoters that. and platforms, et cetera. So, yeah, no, it does. It definitely does do that. But yeah, it's, it's like two separate things, right? I mean, 
you can't compare them to Haney and Loma. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a whole different thing. That's that that's real bite, real real boxing. And this is like undercard. I mean, they used to do that back in the days too. They'd have kind of exhibition bouts, pro football players would fight, they'd, you know, draw attention. It's at the end of the day it's still entertainment. It's like who's gonna get people to watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah, where if, if it's if it's entertainment and it's bringing people in the seats, it's still a fight, it's still it is what it is, and it's still we're still talking about it, so it's working. For sure. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. And that that's like the other side of me that kind of you know, chimes in is like, Jay, like to me, asses and seats is the most important thing when we throw shows, right? Like I need asses and seats. I don't, I don't really give a shit if your boyfriend dragged you here tonight. Like, like, no, it's it's about entertainment. Absolutely. Who's going to, you know, maybe, maybe that person's not the best fighter, but man, they put on a show and they put people in the seats and people want to see them fight, win or lose. And and that's the name of the game. Right. Otherwise it wouldn't exist. There was no fans. It'd just be two guys fighting in a room. It's like, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's gotta, it's gotta be entertainment. And that's what this, that's what this game is. Yeah. It's a violent entertainment. Yeah. People like to watch people hate each other, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's gonna, Gladiator. It's been since the beginning yeah, of time. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, gonna, it, it's never going to stop, you know? Like, you stop. Like, how many things on the, on the internet pop up? Two guys fighting or whatever, a girl fighting. You watch it. And you're like, oh, that was stupid, but you watched it, yeah. you know? So True. They, if they can capitalize on it, make some money on it, yo, good for them. True. Well, speaking of controlled violence, uh, you going to make a comeback or what? Oh, man, I think about that all the time. Yeah? It's been way too long. Like, I, I went to some... Uh, bare knuckle MMA fights not too long ago. I was like, you know what? This, this, this looks like my kind of speed, but I'm like, I don't know. Like saying that and then getting hit is like two different things. Like sometimes you get hit and it's like, you just can't shake it off. Bare anymore. knuckle like, is brutal. Like, oh, I know it sure is. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. Like it, like in my head, I'm like, man, it'd be so cool to like get all beat up and, 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 and take those, you know, get some cuts and lumps. And it just, I don't know. seems like fun. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Still, so that so there's a little like there's a little chance that maybe one day. Oh, it's day always it's I, always in me. Like I'm, I'm always waiting. I'm always thinking like I show up at these fights. I'm like I can make weight. And if somebody falls out, I'll step in and do it. Hilarious! But, I, I love know, it. We'll see. It's once, been a, once a fighter, it's been a long time. Yeah, once a fighter, always a fighter. I suppose. Hey, so yeah, what's yeah. what's next for you? Like, are are there specific career goals, coaching goals? Like, do you want to open a place of your own? Like, what what's next for you? Oh man, like I don't know. I'm just gonna wake up tomorrow and just figure it out. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to plan too far ahead. I kind of knew yeah, that answer like, would be something like that. I'm like, you seem like a pretty go with the flow guy. Like, don't think about it yeah. too much. Yeah. No man, I mean, shit. I could be hit by a car walking on this place tomorrow, and I'd be like, whatever, waste of time thinking about the next day. Like, I'm yeah. just gonna figure it out as I go. You know. I mean, I'm, I love what I'm doing now. I'm just gonna continue to do this until something pops in my head or I get bored then I just find something else to do you know yeah fair what what camps are you a part I mean, of that you're kind of looking forward to this year um jeez I don't even know like we got so many fights coming up like yeah I guess what am I I don't even know who I'm looking forward to I, I guess I'm looking forward to Robbie Lawler's fight yes that's always fun he's got a fight coming up in ooh I want to say is at the end of June or July yeah, oh, I, I got believe, it written down somewhere I think I'm, it's looking, end I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that because mm. Yeah, I think it, 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 it that's going to be a good one. And it's always a good one. It's always fun to see guys like that fight. Mm. Uh, hopefully the Michael Chandler and McGregor fight come together. Uh, I'm looking for the fights this weekend. I'm always looking forward to yeah. Michael Johnson fighting. Uh, I'm looking for, Every time one of our guys are on the show, I'm just looking forward to it. It's not like one thing I'm always like, hey, I just I want them all to go out there and just yeah. do the best and just keep getting better as you know, fighters and humans and just figure their lives out. You know? Amazing. Like, as, long as, it all, as long as it all goes good for everybody, right? That's, yeah. that's just what it's about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you're, so you're going to be planted in Florida for, for some time then. Yeah. It seems like yeah, it's kind while, of become the new hotbed, right? Of, of sort is, of the gyms everywhere. Fighters. Yeah. That's where like people want to go. It's like there's a couple gyms down there, yeah. a couple major gyms and everybody wants to go down there and train. So I mean, 
yeah, that's the spot to be. Yeah. Got summer every day. How can you, yeah. how can you beat that? I you know? know. I got to get my ass down there and go check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never been. Definitely. Brilliant. Um, well, it was honestly, it was such a pleasure. I'm so pleased that we were able to connect and have yeah, you on the podcast and kind of get your, your, your thoughts and stuff, you know, on some, uh, upcoming fights and just your coaching journey and, and what a, what an incredible transition from, you know, a highly regarded athlete to a very highly regarded coach. And that's not, <laughs> that's not something everyone can do. You know, I, I do believe that there are, just because you're a great athlete doesn't make you a great coach. Cause to be a coach, you have to be a teacher yeah. and not everyone is able to yeah. teach, you know? So no, seeing it, someone success, yeah, yeah, exactly. So seeing someone that's really successfully put together that path, like, you know, we love to see it. Uh, I love following you. I love seeing what you're up to and what you're doing. And, and you've been part of a whole bunch of fun things, you know, you've been strike forest, like open workouts with like Chris Dyborg and, you know, you've oh, had, yeah, right. Yeah. You've had some really, you know, yeah. cool stuff and, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. And it, it sounds like it could yeah, really could be anything at this point. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to the, uh, I, I was out here, uh, with Michael Chandler on the Ultimate Fighter, which airs in a couple weeks, and I'm, I can't wait to see how that turned out. Like, you get to be, you, know, you get to kind of like meet these these eight random people that that you train, and it's like you kind of fall in love with them, and it's like then you got to say goodbye, and it's like, oh. yeah, I still text them every once in a while, but I just kind of want to see how that plays out. You know how they edit it and show it on TV, yeah. and get to kind of relive that, and that was a great experience too. You know, just yeah. being able to do that, it was like every day I wake up, go to the go to the Apex to train these guys. I'm like this is awesome. Like we're all kind of making a difference in these people's lives somehow, you know, it's kind of cool. It's just cool to be a part of other people's journeys too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. This shit's, this shit's just fun. It's just unreal. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man, just, just riding this shit out, you know? Yeah, it is. It is the wildest <laughs> industry to be a part of. And there's so many ways to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, I'm, a, so many. I'm with you. It's just like, I mean, we yeah. all love our jobs, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. definitely if you're making it up to Vancouver and you can make it out to one of our shows, we would love to have you in the seats. Uh, yeah, I look forward to maybe that. do a little guest commentating on Empire Boxing Promotion. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, that'd be yeah. real fun yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And yeah. uh, best of luck to all your fighters, uh, especially the fighters fighting tomorrow in the UFC card. And I look forward to seeing you, you on more episodes of Embedded and going. I know him. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It throws me off guard too. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I know him. So yeah, thank you so much for your time, Jason. It was awesome to chat with you. Yeah, great talking to you. See you later. All right, that was another episode of the Empire Boxing Podcast. And I'm your host, Coach Jay. Thanks, Jason Stroud, for joining us. And we will see you next time. Make sure to listen, follow, and subscribe to Empire Boxing on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube.